Well, happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you have decided to tune in. Listen, surrounding yourself with high-capacity leaders is so important right now. It's always been important, but as we've all learned in 2020, it's more important than ever. When you're well-connected, man, it helps you in all aspects of your leadership, whether that's creating content, communicating well, making well-informed decisions. Carrie Newhoff, my friend and yours, created the Leaders Circle back in March 2020. It's an inner circle of high-capacity leaders who have direct access to him and to one another. Over the last few months, this tribe of high-capacity leaders has navigated the transition to becoming a digital organization, managing a remote team, the complexities of reopening, advancing the mission through uncertainty, and all of this is done in a Q&A dialogue format uh, that's really at the heart of Leader Circle. Now, we've already had some unseminary people join. But I want to encourage you to think about it today. It's super limited. It's not open to everybody. In Leader Circle, gives you access to carry and a group of high-capacity leaders through monthly Q&As and a private Slack channel. On top of that, each month, the group focuses on one carefully sculpted piece of content to help you and your team work through struggles that every organization is facing today. It's your staff training done for you every month. They literally package it up and give it to you. You've got to stop leading alone, friends, and start leading together. Apply now to join the Leaders Circle. Carrie has opened this up to a limited number of spots exclusively for unseminary listeners. That's you. If you'd like to apply or to learn more, just text my name, Rich. That's R-I-C-H, Rich, to 33777. Listen, the Leaders Circle is an incredible opportunity. It's closing. You're not able not able to get everybody in, but we'd love to get you in today. So Rich, R-I-C-H, too. 33777. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Everybody, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you have decided to tune in today. You know, every week on the podcast, we like to have a leader on the show that can help you as you're leading in your church. And today is no exception. Super excited to have Pastor Ben Young with us. He is uh, a part of the leadership team at Second Baptist Church in Houston, a fantastic church uh, that if you haven't heard of, you you should be following along and tracking with. Uh, Pastor, welcome to the show. Hey, Rich, it's good to be here. Yeah, I'm so glad that you've taken some time out uh, to spend some time with us. I uh, love your ministry, love what's happening at Second. Why don't we start with um, you telling us about the church, kind of give us the the flavor of the church and, and talk about a little bit about your your story and how that intersects with Second. Yeah, so our church is a, it's a large church. Of course, we're in Texas. So everything's big in Texas. So <laughs> uh, we have six campuses and, you know, before COVID, we have about I say 20,000 people worshiping on our six campuses uh, together. And Houston's a very diverse city as well. So we have a very multi-ethnic church and our our ministry is focused really on trying to connect people to God who have never known him before and also equipping those who already are Christians to serve uh, within the context of the local church. So our, our, our church and our messages are very practical, they're very biblical, and hopefully uh, very Christ-centered. Mm-hmm. The thing I love about your church and and, and your ministry specifically is I, I do feel like you are that intersection of like um, winsome presentation of the gospel, tr- you know, 
biblically solid, but really trying to say, how do we connect with, with real people, you know, with, that are facing real issues, um, in, you know, in the world. And so I, I really appreciate that. And I, th- I think is a, a great model. I think you're a great model for uh, people to follow along. Yeah. Thank um, you. I, with- I guess we're somewhere in between, uh, John MacArthur and Rick Warren. <laughs> oh, that's a good way to describe yeah, it. That's kind of where yeah, we were. Yeah. yeah, appreciate that. That's great. Well, you know, and actually that, that maybe kind of pivots into a good conversation. You know, you're, um, because of your leadership position, you're obviously dealing with people, um, you know, all the time who are, uh, you know, maybe facing struggles and pressures in, in the world today. What would you say are some of those um you know, pains or maybe struggles that people are facing, you know, on a regular basis. This is mm-hmm. obviously in the context of the pandemic that we're, that we're currently still kind of in the yeah. middle of, uh, or even before that, what would be some of those things that you see just coming up time and again? Yeah. I, I think one of the things that people struggle with a lot in our society today, and I think it's a reflection of the ubiquitous nature of technology is simply stress and anxiety. And so mm-hmm. you have people dealing with that and, a myriad of ways. And some people deal with it by collapsing and going into a depression. And some people deal with it, or I should say it deals with them through, through panic attacks and the anxiety is so overwhelming. They can't, they feel like they're having a heart attack. So I think anxiety and worry is, is a common, common theme, I think, in, in the ministry that I see. And also mm-hmm. probably related to that are addictions, either people who were struggling with addictions to drugs and to alcohol or uh, people who have family members, uh, a son or a daughter or a friend that's struggling with addiction and the family members don't know what to do. So those are two of the most common problems that I see in my ministry. Mm-hmm. It's interesting how, because um, I would echo the same thing over the, you know, been in ministry since the mid nineties. It does seem like um, anxiety is on the rise. It seems like addictions on the rise. Do you think that that is, um, a shift in culture in that people talk more about those issues? Or do you think they're actually more, um, you know, more prevalent because of technology? It's that weird, you know, which came first, uh, how, how do those, how do those interplay? What's your sense on that in, in just the people you interact with? Yes. That's a great question. I think that it's, I think really technology or our inability to cope with technology in a healthy way has led to the levels of stress and anxiety. And and let me explain that. So when I was growing up in the Carolinas, when I was a little boy, my brother Ed and I, we we loved the concept of a convenience store called 7-Eleven. We Mm -hmm. thought 7-Eleven was fantastic for this one reason. It was open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. And we thought that was just crazy, cool, fantastic. However, now we live in a culture that's become like 7-Eleven. We're always available. We're always on. We don't take days off. Our boss uh, can get us through email, text, IM, you name it, at any time of the day, in any, any, any place. And we're expected to respond to things on the spot immediately. And then not to mention the, the, the news cycles and how that causes stress and pain and worry and anxiety. So I think that technology and the fact that we've become a society that never slows down, that never takes a day off, that has really led to unprecedented uh, stress levels and anxiety disorders in our society today. It, it really has. 
Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. The Seven Eleven. That's an interesting study because they started Seven Eleven was literally open from seven a.m. to eleven p.m. That was where their name came from, and it's interesting how that has shifted over time, right? Obviously, when they first started, they were seven to seven to eleven, and now they're twenty four hours, and that obviously has just continued to trickle down, you know, into so many areas of, you know, of our lives. What would be some of the the impacts you're seeing in the people in your church or people in you know in your community because of this increased um, pressure on their lives, the increased pain, suffering? What? How is that working itself out? Well, I think in one very, I guess, existential way is that I think it makes us very scattered when we're with other mm. people. So we're, when we're having a family meal or we're meeting with someone one-on-one, uh, because we're so tethered to the technology, it's hard for us to be fully present. And I think for us really to be effective in ministering to others or to really connect to our spouse or to connect to our children, we have to be fully present. And I Mm -hmm. find that a challenge. I mean, I I know all these things. I know all the dangers of not dealing with stress and allowing technology to encroach upon every aspect of your life, but I still fall prey to it. So I've got to be really intentional in, you know, turning off my cell phone, turning it down, taking a deep breath. God help me to be fully present in this moment because I want to listen to you. I want to listen to my friends and family members. I don't want to be scattered and frazzled. So that's one practical thing that we can do, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you've actually written a book that I'd love to hear more about. This always speaks on this topic. The name of the book is Survive Survive the Day, Thriving in the Midst of Life's Storms. Um, this is a, is a fantastic book that I want to make sure people lean in and learn more about, uh, but c- kind of give us the thesis of the book. How does that relate to what you're seeing, uh, in the world around us? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that we all go through various life storms, uh, it, it just, just with it, just within our own journey. So at some mm-hmm. point in your life, you're going to enter into a storm that you can't figure out. You don't know which way's up. You feel discombobulated. And you feel like things are not going to get better. So what do you do when things don't get better? What do you do when your storm doesn't last for a few months, but it lasts for several years? So that's the, the, if you would, the, the need behind the book, Survive the Day, is how do you survive during the midst of life storms that, that are not healed or fixed automatically? So anyone who's going through a, a, a difficult time, whether you're trying to raise a special needs child, whether you or someone you know is struggling with an addiction, going through divorce, you have someone in your family who has a mental illness. How do you navigate these difficult waters? That's why why I wrote this book. Hmm. Why don't we crack it open? Give us as maybe a little bit of some of the help that you're giving to people in this book. What um, how what help are you offering to people through this? What way? What are some of the tools that you're you're helping people really think through to deal with these life storms? Yeah, thanks, Rich. Yeah, one of the things that I think happens to us in the middle of a life storm is that it's so easy to start caving into what I call the shadow voice. Mm. The, you know, I'm talking about the voice inside of your head that puts right. you in a place of self pity, self condemnation. You're not good enough. You're never going to make it out of this. Life is hopeless. And we start to internalize that and listen to that shadow voice. That can take us to a really dark spot. So what I try to do in the book is to help people who are going through a life crisis to listen to that stronger voice. 
How can I listen to that stronger voice? How can I allow the stronger voice to be my guide and my light in the midst of the storm? So I talk a lot about that in the book. And I also talk about one of the major themes uh, that that helped me Mm -hmm. when I was going through a life crisis, a major life crisis, was a quote from Soren Kierkegaard. He, and he's my favorite philosopher. And it's a, it's a quote. We've probably seen it before in coffee shops or in other books. But his quote is simple. It says, life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forwards. So one of the things that happens to us when we're in a life crisis is we tend to get stuck and we feel mm. hopeless and we feel drained or we get depressed and we don't do things to help move forward in the midst of the storm. So one of the things I talk about in the book time and time again is how can we meet the challenge to move forward in our life when everything else seems to be pushing us backwards? Hmm. Yeah, I I think a lot of us can identify with that when we're faced with um, difficult situations that come into our lives, we can, we can just freeze, right? We just, we get stuck. Um, so help us kind of walk through that a little bit. How are you helping people to take a step forward? What are you uh, doing to kind of challenge them? As you say, I love this part one, the challenge to move forward. How are you, how are you helping them take those first steps? Yeah. Well, um, one of the, um, I guess hobbies I have or interest is in the area of jujitsu and jujitsu is a martial art. It's a, Mm -hmm. it teaches you self-defense. And so one of the principles that my professor has taught me time and time again is the concept of position before submission. So Mm. before you can submit someone, choke them, strangle them, break their arm, shoulder, foot, leg, Okay. Uh, before yes. you can do like that, a, like a good Jesus loving pastor does. Like a good <laughs> but yes. you're trying to get to the tap and to say uncle. Really, yes. yes. So Absolutely. before you can do that, you've got to be in the right position. So position mm-hmm. is more important than submission. And so in the book, I talk about three positions that we need to find ourselves in, in order to move forward. And those three positions are humility, grace, and surrender. So Mm. those were just some massive themes that I thought I knew about (laughs) until Mm -hmm. I went through, you know, my own life crisis that lasted lasted for many, many years, but really, you know, being able to put myself into that place of humility in order to hear from God and also hear God speak through others to get in that position daily, Rich, where I'm understanding what it means to receive God's enabling grace minute by minute, hour by hour to make it through the day. And of course, the last one, which is maybe the most difficult one, and that's to surrender, to try to figure out what are the things in my life I can control? What are the things in my life I can't control? And how do I let go uh, of those things and people in my life that I can't control? So those are three, I guess, practical positions that we can put ourselves in to help us start moving forward. I love that. I love this idea of humility being the starting point of those, you know, that first position, you know, you know, and I know we've been in ministry long enough to see, you know, folks that end up there, they end up making just tragic decisions in their, um, their leadership. And they're often at the core of that, there seems to be a lack of humility. Can you help me to understand how humility helped you through, uh, you know, your own life storm? How did that, how was that kind of a, a first step or a first position, as you say, um, you know, towards being able to weather um, this, you know, the situation in your life? Yeah. Yeah. So for me, it was, 
humility was the realization that I had to depend upon other people to get through this storm. In other words, when when a, when a life storm hits you that's so intense and it doesn't stop, you can't pull yourself up by your bootstrap and make it by yourself. God didn't intend for us to do it that way. So I had to go and consult many godly uh, Christian counselors and therapists to speak truth into my life, to help heal me, to help give me the courage to make it through the day. So that's the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, especially for a pastor, someone who's in the helping profession, Mm -hmm. it it doesn't mean that you're immune from asking for help yourself. You've got help. You've got to get help from the outside. So that's what humility, one of the things humility did for me. Yeah. Why do you think that is so hard for us to do as leaders, as you know, you, you would think this far into the kind of counseling, Christian counseling, um, you know, solid biblical counseling. There's so many great options out there while there still seems to be a stigma around, you know, asking for help and raising a hand saying, I need someone, I need a, a person of deep water, someone who can help me through this. Uh, why do you think there's still a stigma around there? Why do you think so many leaders still struggle with that as a first step? You know, I, I think because we've been taught again, our whole life, if you decided to be a pastor, that you have to have, I mean, maybe it's not said overtly, maybe it's indirectly spoken. We have to have all the answers. You've got the Bible, you know the Bible, you've been to seminary, and you've yeah. got to have, you've read all these books, you've got to have all the answers. You've helped hundreds of people in your own ministry. Of course, you can heal thyself, right? You can heal yourself. Um, so I think that's the one of the main things that prevents it is, is, and also I think the embarrassment that, that goes along with being a leader or a pastor in your town or, or city and having to go to a counselor and saying, Hey, I don't have the answers. I need help. I need your guidance. And so in, in my case, the, the counselors had to slip me in the back door for my, it was so funny for my sake and for the sake of my potential parishioners that could be in the waiting room. But after a while, I got so used to being in the counselor's office, I could have been like the greeter at Walmart. Hey, welcome to, (laughs) you know, I'm here today. Or what are you here for? I mean, so, but uh, that's the one, the reason I think that prevents us is the whole embarrassment and the whole thought that we're supposed to have uh, all the answers. Yeah. And I think, you know, to people that are listening in, I I literally just had this scenario last week. I had a a church leader reach out, prominent church leader from our community, reach out and say, Hey, I, I need to talk to somebody. I I need to get to a counselor. Can you, um, can you help me get connected with someone? And they specifically said like, Hey, there's, you know, there, here are the three people that our church suggests. (laughs) I, it can't be any of those three. Um, be just because, Hey, this person's a leader in town and they, they, they were reaching out saying, Hey, can you help me get connected? And I was like, absolutely. I understand the discretion you know, needed in that moment and, and was trying to celebrate that leader saying, Hey, you're taking a great step, you know, not by, um, by just being silent, by reaching out and saying, Hey, we need to do something now, you know, writing a book is a huge effort. And, um, you know, along the way, there might've been surprises, things that you were like, Hmm, this is maybe a little bit different than, uh, I went in. Maybe my thesis is a little bit different as it's come out. Was there anything in the process of pulling the book together that, um, became maybe a bit of a surprise for you as you were writing or pulling it together. 
Yes, uh, there, there, there were uh, surprises along the way. One of the surprises that that I had was um, the the fact that when people were reading it, that some people felt that those three areas or positions I laid out were too esoteric, the humility, grace, and surrender. And I was like, wow, that really surprised me because, you know, wow, I I just know when I'm trying to make it through the day or I'm going through, when I was going through in my major life crisis, that was critical. I mean, it's still critical today, even though, you know, I'm kind of on the other side of the storm, but Mm -hmm. humility, grace, and surrender everything to me. So one of the things that people tried to, I guess, squeeze out of me was to say, okay, how do you make this even more practical? So I'm glad they did that. I, I, I was surprised that people didn't catch those three things. So I do have a lot of more practical tips on how to survive the day. And then at the end of every chapter, I put a section in where there's a survival prayer, a survival passage, and a survival practice. So someone mm-hmm. could actually use the book almost like a devotional if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Um, any kind of stories or um, I, the, the book has just come out, so this may, may be a bit of an you know an, a, a uh, an unfair question, but you know of, on the impact of the book as you know you've you've heard of people who have picked it up have been, been using it that uh, kind of give a tenor of how the book might might be helping people out there in the world today. Yeah, you know, I know that uh, someone sent me a text. It is it's only been out like what eleven days or something. Yeah, it's it's really. <laughs> Yeah, a text recently, and they said how much the book had had helped them and also how they were going to give it to a friend of the, theirs that they thought would be very practical going through a life crisis. And then, you know, it's interesting how um, things work today. Actually, a group of people uh, who were going through a crisis in life read this book b- before it went to print. And so mm-hmm. you, you can see what their, their their comments are at the beginning of the book, and they're just saying, hey— the book is very encouraging for anyone going through a difficult uh, time. Other people are saying this is a very practical tool uh, when faced with a situation where it feels like you're drowning. And uh, people also said that it's a survival manual uh, for people who are hurting. And mm-hmm. I, as tough as, you know, I say tough, those aren't the most positive things, but they are to me because I want this to be a book for people who are going through a hurting and painful time. Uh, it's not a, a book that's uh, the power of positive thinking and how you can do these three easy steps and your life is going to be perfect again. This is for people who are living in a very imperfect world and they find that their world has been broken and they're wondering, how do I start rebuilding my world brick by brick? And I really think this book will help them. And again, it's not my, this book. I mean, good night. I'm stealing, robbing, borrowing wisdom from everybody I know from Corey Ten Boom and Dietrich Bonhoeffer and Jerry Sitzer and C.S. Lewis and, of course, biblical characters and heroes So, uh, who have taught me how to survive the day. And I'm trying to put it in a very practical and useful form. Yeah. And, uh, listen, when I, what I'm struck by this book is I do think this could be a great resource for um, obviously individuals, 
like you say, who are going through a, um, a tough season. I think it could be an incredible um, resource for churches to do together. I, I think it's of, and we were joking a little bit about this before we even began. Um, in some ways, obviously, you wrote this book long before the pandemic and all the everything that we find ourselves in. Now it's like no better timing for this book for all of us than now. Um, has there been any kind of reflections in the world we find ourselves now? Um, you know, kind of the, how do you apply the lessons of this book to, you know, the world we find ourselves in now with this, you know, with COVID and kind of the ensuing economic impact that's happened because of, uh, you know, the virus? Yeah. I think that as I look back at my life and as I talk to other Christian leaders and people in my church, the times that they grew the most in the Lord were during difficult and st- strenuous times. So I, I, hey, Rich, I wish there were another way. I do. I do. Yes. <laughs> but, but, right. but again, this storm, this COVID-19, also all the, the riots and storms that are happening in our cities throughout uh, the U.S. and the world, really. You know, you know, my prayer is for those listening, you know, God, how can you use this in my life to strengthen me? How can I grow closer to you? How can I develop more of your character in my life? during the storm. So, Mm. you know, Frederick Nietzsche had a quote years ago that said that which doesn't kill you outright only makes you stronger. So hopefully this crisis that we're going through, people will leverage that and use that uh, as difficult as it is, as uncertain as it is. Hopefully they will use that to draw closer to God so that God can do a deeper work in their life. That's my prayer. Mm, That's so good. Now, I'm assuming if people want to pick up a copy of this book, they can get it at Amazon. Are there other places we want to send them uh, to pick up a copy or a few copies for people? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I buy good night, 99.9% of my books on Amazon. So that's the easiest place to go. Again, the name of the book is Survive the Day by Ben Young. That's me. And, or they can go, my my website is, has some of my other books on there. It's not really a, uh, spectacular website like yours is rich i'm sure but my website's simple it's benyoung.org b-e-n-y-o-u-n-g.org so yeah that's but perfect. Amazon, you know, amazon's probably easier it's uh less clicks okay <laughs> yeah that's great and we'll, we'll link to that in the show notes as well so people can find that easily right. you know the the other piece of the equation here i was struck by this and i don't know if i don't know if there's any churches that are, are using this but to me this could be a great framework for a series at their church it could be you know the kind of thing you could do as a small yes. group together maybe as a um maybe even as a leadership team frankly i think this is the season where um i know with my team i'm having to do extra instruction on on pastoral care issues on, Hey, how, how do we care for people? Like you say, with everything that's going on in 2020, um, we need to continue to kind of help our teams um, just continue to improve their kind of pastoral care. This could be an an example. Hey, here, here's a framework for us to think about. Have you heard of any churches doing similar kind of things or any thoughts on how churches could use this resource for that? No, I I think that would be, that's a great idea, Rich. And, And the best part of the book really is the, the study questions at the end. And I say that because my wife wrote the study questions. And here's what's, here's what's cool. Yeah. Listen, let me tell you. So, so she doesn't like study, question, uh, study questions and book and study guides. So I said, okay, sweetheart, this would be a great challenge. Why don't you, you're a person who's not drawn to that. Why don't you make them better? And she killed it. And so, yes. So you can go to the back of the book and look under the section. I think it's called Going Deeper. And it lists out different questions to engage your leadership team or small group or Bible study 
uh, as they process uh, how to survive the day. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, you know, it's funny you say that I, I was um, struck, you know, if, if this was a video show, you'd see that I've got the book and I was actually struck by that in the, in the, in the back of the book, the kind of, um, you know, going deeper section. I thought the same thing. I'm like, man, these are well done questions. They're not, sometimes I feel as an author, I, you know, I've written, I've written, than the book. <laughs> I've written, I've written those kind of questions and they can sometimes feel like a little bit of throwaway filler content in books, but no, this is great conversation. Um, starter. It's not an intimidating, you know, size book. It could be the kind of book you could give um, as a resource as well. It could be the kind of thing you actually have, you know, on your bookshelf. We all know we run into people who are struggling in life storms. This could be an encouraging book mm-hmm. uh, to people in the midst of that. So I, I'd love to just encourage people to pick up a copy or 10 and because um, I really do think they could be uh, helpful for you. Ben, I, I appreciate you being on the show today. I appreciate you taking time out to, to uh, you know, to be here. If people want to, if you want people to track with you or with the church, where do we want to send them online uh, today? Wow. I guess I can go to our church's website. It's second.org. It's pretty simple. Uh, S-E-C-O-N-D, second.org. And then um, it'll tell them everything about our church and our ministry and, and all that. So I guess that's a, a resource. The thing I love about your church, I've made this joke behind your back for years that, you know, every other, every other Baptist church in the world makes, they're the first Baptist church, right? Everywhere in the world, first Baptist, but there's only one second. So I, <laughs> I, I love that. We're humble. You know, we're humble. We're second. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Love that. Well, Ben, I, I really appreciate you being on the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for, uh, for writing this great resource and helping, uh, you know, church leaders and individuals with this. Thanks for being here today too. Hey, thank you, Rich. It's great to be here. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary.